I would like to, um, first of all, I need to say my kids, some of my kids are back there and my grandkids. I am always honored when you're here. I love you more than you know. I love you. I'm so thankful you came. Thank you. All right. Um, so I'm going to read from the scriptures. Um, you do not have to turn there. I know that some people don't even carry their Bible. I actually had stopped carrying mine back when the boys were small and I was carrying around diaper bags. Um, so um, I do understand that. I know a lot of people use their phones. I do if I'm out reading somewhere, but mostly I like this. Um, all right, so I'm going to read from Joshua 3. It says, When Joshua rose early in the morning, they set out and came to the Jordan, and they lodged there before they crossed over. And after three days, he commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord and the priests and the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it, that you may know the way that you must go, for you have not passed this way before. And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua spoke to the priests and said, Take the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people. And he said, By this you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out all the ites before you. And it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of your feet of the priests who bear the Ark of the Lord shall rest in the waters, the Jordan, that it will be cut off. And then the priests stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all of Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. Father, I just ask that you bless this word. I pray, Father, that you would ignite a fire in us, that you speak to each heart in the way that you speak to us, because you speak to us all different. So I pray, Father, that this morning, that you would speak something that would just, it would penetrate our heart. It would set a fire inside of us that nothing could put it out, but that we would be determined that we're going to cross over to that new place with you, doing exactly what you've called us to do and being who you created us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So all through the word, we see God speaking and we see destiny. We see discouragement and we see hope and victory. We see bless, God blessing his children, but then we see him correcting them. Yes. We, let, we see him letting them go into bondage, and then he's redeeming them. We see famine, and we see abundance. We see him speaking through his prophets, and we see him silent. But most of all, through all of that, we always see his grace and his mercy and his great faithfulness. Yes. So does any of that sound like your life? Got a little bit of this and got a little bit of that. It sounds a whole lot like mine. But it encourages me to know that in every one of those situations in our lives, he knows exactly what we need, exactly when we need it. And it is always in his perfect timing. So wherever you find yourself this morning, he knows right where you are. He knows the plan he has for you. He sees the things. He knows all the things. And none of it catches him off guard. But he is ready for us to step into our next season. He is ready for us to walk a different walk. He is ready for us to come out of the wilderness into the place that he has set before us. But the difference between us and God is that he speaks like it already happened. And we're over here living in this mess and we're like, what in the world? But he's already seen what he's going to do. He knows right where we are. Jeremiah says there is an expected end because God speaks to that end. He works from the beginning. He started creating in the darkness and brought forth light. And the evening and the morning were the first day. That, that thing that you are trying to figure out, he's already got it figured out. He's done with it. He's at the beginning. He's in the middle. He's all over it. And you have to know that he goes before you and he will also be your rear guard. There is nothing that will catch him off guard. And while we're living it out and not understanding, he's going to work it out. It is finished to him. So you might get a word and it doesn't happen for three years or 33 years. And God speaks from right where we are and he talks to our destiny. And that's where our faith has to come in. That's where our trust has to be, that we trust that he knows what he's doing when we can't see it. See, God tells you something that he wants you to do, and it begins to burn on the inside of you. 
I mean, you know, it's like, uh, this is my, I, I can't, I can't get away from it. This is my divine assignment. Nothing satisfies you like being in his will satisfies you because it fits you. It's what you were created to do. And we all have a place where we need to fit in the body of Christ. We all have a job to do, something that he's anointed you for. And it's, everyone's not the same. Everyone's way is different. Every, every way that I may do something, maybe you may be like, I would never do it that way. But that's how I do it. That's where I fit in the body. God has us all in that place. I was at my aunt's the other day, and she was giving me like this tons of, she wanted me to, she's going to get rid of some shoes and she's showing them to me and she's a size nine and I'm a size seven and she wanted me to try on every pair um, because she really wanted me to fit them and, and I they were great shoes we have the same style I wish they had fit me but you know they're a nine and I'm a seven but like a good little obedient girl I tried on all the shoes and I was we were needing to hurry too but here I am trying on shoes so finally I was like I, you know I'll just wear them I said, I'll just, I'll just wear them, and I'll flop around in them, and if anybody says anything, I'll be like, never mind your business. They were my aunts. But they didn't fit me, and they would look silly on me, right? So God has a place for all of us to fit. So what has God said to you? See, this next move of God will come through those who say yes, through those who have a relationship with him and those who come in agreement with him. And all through the ages... God has always chosen a man and a woman, a church and a people to work through. He chooses ordinary people, not of great notoriety, just people who will say, yes, Lord, I'll do that. And every one of us in here has a realm of influence. It's our family, our friends, those we work with. Well, you are supposed to be Jesus to them. So what are you doing with the power of God that's on the inside of you? Joseph saved a nation from after being in a pit. Esther saved a nation from within the enemy's camp. Jonah saves a city. Rahab saved her household. And just like them, we've been chosen because God picked you. He picked each one of you to do something that he created and it burns inside your belly. You know it. You know when you're doing it and you know when you're not. You know when you've walked in that place that you are doing what he called you to do. Nothing beats that. It is the best. He said, before I formed you, I knew. Before you were born, I sanctified you and I ordained you for a purpose. You'll never be more fulfilled than when you're doing what God created you to do. Paul said to Timothy, Timothy stir up the gifts that are on the inside of you when I, that came when I first laid hands on you. That means we stir that up through prayer, through worship, yes. through his word. Elijah was a prophet of God. He knew his assignment. He was the first person to raise someone from the dead, call fire from heaven, speaks a drought, prays in rain, outruns a chariot. I mean, he's been used of God. But then Jezebel, the devil, tempts him, threatens him, threatens him to kill him. And he runs and hides. I mean, this guy's seen the Lord do some pretty amazing things that no one else has ever seen. But he becomes discouraged. And God sends an angel to feed him, and the word says that it sustained him as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. I love that. It sustained him until he could get to the mountain of God. He was weary. He was disappointed. He was scared. He was ready to give up. He was ready to die. But in that place, God fed him enough to get him to the mountain of God so he could show God all of his glory and all of his power, and he could speak to him in a voice that Elijah heard. Elijah knew, I know that voice, and that voice is talking to me. I know him. I've seen him. What am I doing? God said, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? He asked him twice, what are you doing here? And he said, well, you know, they've come after me. And, 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 and I'm the only one left. And God said, you're not the only one left. I have 7,000 who haven't bowed their knee to Baal. And, you know, sometimes we're doing what God called us to do. And we get discouraged. And we think, God, there is nobody. But the Lord said, oh, no, there are 7,000. I'm raising up a remnant that will come in at the end times because I have a plan for the end times. And no matter what it looks like, I'm going to come in up behind you. And we're going to see God do a mighty work. Amen? Amen? 
Amen. But sometimes we have to be so careful because he could have stayed under that juniper tree. You know, he could have just ate it and not left. I mean, how many times have we felt like God said something for us to do and maybe we didn't do it? He could have sat there. He could have maybe become like a gardener or something, you know, planted flowers. And, but he didn't. He chose to get up and go to the mountain of God. What did God say to him? We have no idea. Bible doesn't tell us. But whatever he said, it was enough to get him up and out on his assignment. And he never looked back. He fulfilled his assignment and he fulfilled it well. So we have to sometimes shake off the things that come against us. We have to pick up his will and his, wa- his way, no matter what it looks like and no matter what it feels like. Because I think th- I read that it was 12, it should have took 12 hours maybe, or maybe it was 12 days to get to th- this mountain, but it took him 40 days. Because, you know, that's what we do sometimes. God wants us to do something and we're like, well, I don't know. I, I mean, I... I mean, I would really look silly if I do that. Or I don't know if I really want to do that. I don't even think I want to do that. Like, I'm not even wondering about it. I think maybe no. Um, But when we say yes to God, when we say yes to that assignment, when we say yes to that thing he's called us to, and you surrender your way for his, God will show people there is something different about them. There is something inside of them. See, your, your decision on how far you go with God determines your destiny. You will have to carry on that assignment, and God is looking for a people who will say yes to him. And these times of us living half in and half out, that has to stop. That's not going to work. Not that it worked before, but it's surely not going to work now. I mean, you know, we're living in the end times. I know Jesus is coming back. I know he's coming back soon. I don't know how, what soon means to him because his soon and mine, well, they're just different. But I know he's coming back. And in knowing that, I have to be about my assignment. Because if I sit down, there's somebody that needs to come up behind me that they're not going to come up behind me because I'm sitting on my hind end. So God said, get with the program. God is saying, I have something for you to do, but you've got to live it out. That means you've got to live righteous living. That means you need to cross over. That means you need to do something different. That means you go from death to salvation, from defeat to victory, from lukewarm, which he will spew out of his mouth, to the fire of God. That's where you have to get. But God is waiting on us to take that step of faith. He's not going to, you know, he tells you, I need you to wake up in the morning and I want you to start praying. I want you to get up every morning and I want you to get in the word. He might wake you up, but he's not going to roll you in the floor. You've got to make the decision to get yourself out of the bed and do what he's calling you to do. You've got to make that decision that it doesn't matter what it looks like. I'm going to follow him. And that's where we find Joshua and the children of Israel. They're about to cross into the promised land after a long season of adversity. And Joshua instructs them to follow the ark. Well, the ark is the presence of God. Keep your eyes on God because he's leading you somewhere that you've never been before. So you just keep following in his presence and he's going to lead you to everything that he has for you. But when they got there, it was at flood stage. It was overflowing its banks. And so how many times have you ever felt like, okay, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to cross. I'm going to give it all. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. But right when you get there, it looks impossible. If it had not been for the Lord by our side, the waters would have overwhelmed us. But when the priest stepped into the water, it stopped, and they crossed over on dry ground, just like they did when they came from Egypt. But this time, they crossed into a new mindset. Everything changed. They crossed from complaining 40 years ago, but now they're going to leave that behind them. See, I don't know what obstacle stands before you, but I do know that not all obstacles are the same and that we all face different things. But we're going to face something, and you have to make a choice of what you're going to do about it. Either you're just going to just submit to whatever it is. I'm just going to stay in this wilderness. I'm kind of used to it now. Or you're going to do something that might take some courage and that maybe you don't really want to do. So they cross from the wilderness into the blessings of God. He brought them out of bondage into the promised land. So when you make a decision to move with God, the enemy is going to do everything he can to distract you, 
He's going to discourage you, but the Lord wants to encourage you this morning. Your future lies on the other side. Peace, joy, freedom. It's on the other side. All you got to do is cross. But see, I can't make that decision for you. Pastor Rhonda can preach to us and, and bring the fire down, but she can't make that decision for you because you can take the word and be glad, but when you go home, you go back to what you came from. You don't go back to everything changed. It feels changed when you're in here. You think you can slay the giant, but when you get home, the giant's in your face, right? So you have to make a decision that you're going to do that thing no matter what it looks like. You are not going to do the same, be the same anymore more so the enemy comes and he starts telling you lies are you going to listen to the lies of how he tells you to feel or the voice of truth you have to make up your mind you have to say okay I'm not going to wander around in this and maybe you got saved and you still dabble over here a little bit um, and you don't like it but you dabble just a bit but then you're like okay I'm not going to I'm, 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 going to, I'm, going to, I'm not going to do and you find yourself doing the things you wish you didn't do you've tasted the goodness of God Oh, you know there's more. But you haven't given everything over to him. God says, choose you this day who you will serve. I know we all like to know, you know, like if I'm going to, someone's going to like, what am I going to get if I have to give that up? Like, what am I going to get for that? So um, I'm going to tell you. First, crossing takes you to the next level of God. It leaves all the junk behind you. It takes you up to a different level with him. It, it crosses over into abundance and stepping into your assignment. He, uh, Deuteronomy says, Hear, O Israel, you are to cross over the Jordan today. Go in and dispossess cities great and fortified, a people great and tall, the descendants of whom you know and of whom you've heard it said, who can stand before them. Have you got something like that in your life? I don't know. This thing's bigger than me. I don't know how I'm going to get past this. Well, the word dispossess means to evict. It means to take back everything the enemy stole. Whatever needs to be kicked out of your life, bondages, generational curses, lies of the enemy, that you'll never be the same anymore. You evict it. Galatians says if you are Christ's, then you are the seed of Abraham and an heir according to his promise. So third, what you're going to get is you're going to evict it, but then you're going to take over. It says that you're going to have a harvest that you did not plant. That means I didn't have to work for it. So I'm going to go in. I'm going to take over the land God gave me, the place that I'm supposed to be, the thing I'm supposed to do, the thing the enemy fights me on. I'm going to step back into that place with God. I'm going to evict the enemy out and tell him to shut up and get out. I'm done with you. I've listened to you for the last time. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not looking back that way anymore. I'm doing something different. And then I'm going to get this harvest that I didn't even reap. It's everywhere. I'm getting an abundance. John talks about getting the thing Things that we did not reap for that God did that thing that is your choice that's your choice are you ready for that I'm ready for that like I am ready for that and so when he he says to you when you see the glory when you see my presence when you sense me you've got to be ready to set out after it You've got to leave the wilderness, that thing that is familiar to you. No one really likes the wilderness. I mean, we went to Canada one. I mean, can, uh, where did we go? Kansas, no. And it looks like the wilderness. I mean, I only went to one part, but I was like, I not, would not want to live here. Um, so you get there, but you know, if you do, you might get used to it. it because it becomes familiar to you. And, but what God wants to do is he says, I want you to leave the familiar for the sacred. I want you to step out of that place into my place because he wants to do something that we haven't seen before. Tim says that insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Pastor Hank used to say that a grave, that a rut is only a grave with both ends knocked out. Jesus says, cast your nets on the other side of the boat because the way you're doing it isn't working anymore. I want to do something different. I need you to make a shift. I need you to make a change. That means you can't do the same things that you were doing before. Maybe that means you can't hang out with those same friends anymore. Maybe that means you can't watch that TV show anymore. Maybe it means you don't need to listen to all the junk that you listen to and you need to put in a little more of the word. 
I could meddle, but I won't. I will let you fill in those blanks, but I'll tell you this, that maybe your wells are full of the earth and maybe you need to redig them. Maybe you need fresh oil and maybe you need the zeal of the Holy Spirit because God is saying to you, perhaps you've come into the kingdom for such a time as this. Maybe you're supposed to reach the world all around you and you can't do it without righteous living because they've seen what the world has to offer and that's not doing them any favors. They're hungry for something else and you are crucial to this generation and what God wants to do. He is trying to get your attention. He said, you are a co-laborer with me. Look like me. Walk like me. The world is going crazy out there. They're searching for something, but none of that caught God off guard. He knew it was coming, so he began to build a hunger in his people. He began to build a hunger for people. There's some people out there, and they're searching for something. They don't, know what they're, they don't even know what they're searching for. They're, they're looking. They're trying to find it. And you are right there in the middle of them with the power and the glory on the inside of you. What are you doing with it? God says, I'm tired of games. Stop playing games with me. He's looking for a people who is sold out. Standing in the word of truth. Listening to the voice of God. Following after what he wants. No matter what it costs them. Because that generation needs something more. And they are looking at you. You better be representing him well. Okay, I'm done. You can breathe. Fan yourself. <laughs> okay, it's okay. Um, you can't have it both ways. You can't. I do believe that we are close to the end. I mean, but I do know. That God is waking up a people. And he told his disciples, we're going to cross over to the other side. And when they got there, there was a great multitude that had already gathered because they had heard about all he had done. That's that multitude that wants to come up after you. That's that, that's that multitude of two or three or one or seven or 7,000 that want to come up after you. What are they going to come up after? What are you doing? Pastor Rhonda told me in 2004, I found this word this week too when I was into all my stuff. And um, she said, God always has a plan. You just have to enlarge your vision to see it. And his plan will lead us right where we need to be, right when we need to be there. It's a good word. And I think that we should always look back on words. If God's given you a word, look back on it because it is encouraging. So it shall be, that's what that means. It shall be as the Lord has said it will be. He has a plan. He set it in motion before the foundations of the earth. And it's not plan B, it's his plan. And he just wants you to get in line with it. God knew it all along. He just had to move some things, rearrange some things, reposition some things, do a little bit of stuff here and there. He was working. He was working, making his plan happen. The Lord is working behind the scenes on the front lines of heaven. The angels know it. The Holy Spirit knows it. God knows that they have a master plan before the foundations. It might look opposite than what you think because heaven's picture always looks one way and ours looks different. If we wrote it down, we'd be like, wow. I mean, I, I told someone this morning, I think I have great ideas. I really do have great ideas. And I try to give them to the Lord, but he doesn't really take them. But... But honestly, I mean, I, I think like I need a crown or maybe a sash of the ideas that I can give him because they're good ones. But, you know, he's up there in heaven and he knows what it looks like. My way looks different. I'd make a mess of things. I hate to say that, but I probably would. I'd, I'd alter things this way and that. And, you know, God knows the best way. And so we look through a glass darkly, but he sees it clearly. And if we're not careful, we can try to hang on to our way so much that we miss his way. And fear is the faith in your enemy. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You can trust that God holds everything in his hands and he knows the road, the hills, the valley, the boulders. He knows all of it. And sometimes we're right there and we're like, dear God, do you even see what's happening down here? Like, I mean, do you see this mess? I mean, like, I could have had this taken care of a long time ago. 
Um, so there was a time that uh, Tim and I went. We were big hikers, and we were hiking, and we were we had this little book, and it told us of these great hikes, and and we were we had read it before we got out of the truck, and then we went, and and then and we had been this way, and this road took this way, and we hadn't seen it this way, so we were sure it was this way, and so we went this way, and we walked and walked and walked, and then we came up on a raging river, like it was humongous, and it was like raging, and he, I was like, oh yeah, no, I don't do river, like I don't do rock hopping. And he's like, honey, we, we got to do it. Like, we have to because, I mean, like, we've walked here and now this is the way. And, and you can do this. And he's so encouraging. You got this. You can do it. And I'm like, I can't do it. And so he's like, look, 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 look. This one, you go from here. And then, you know, like, my legs aren't even that long. Now, we have my hiking shoes I didn't have on these, thank God. And then he said, jump over there. You can do it. You've got it. I was like nervous kind of mad and um but I did it I did three rocks over I think or four I don't know until we were in I think the fourth rock I was in the middle and then I sat down and I said I'm not doing this and because I mean it was like so wide and it was so huge and and um it wasn't probably that big but it was humongous and um so I sat down, and he's like, honey, I mean, you got to do something because, like, we're in the middle of the river. And I was like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not doing this. And he's like, so he takes off and walks away across, and I think, okay, he's mad. He's mad at me. Not, I mean, not that he ever gets mad at me. Never. Nope. Um, but I, he doesn't get mad at me much anymore. Um, and so he, I thought, he's mad. I, he's, he's, so he, go, he comes back. And I said, I, I, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm, I'm almost going to cry. I'm like, I can't do this. And, like, I don't really like water either. I like to see it. Um, and he said, no, I, I, fe- I figured this out a way. You're going to be fine. Just get on my back. Now, I did not think that through. Like, well, if I get on his back, what if he falls? We're going to drown. I'm going to bust my head. I'm probably going to die in this river. I didn't think any of that. All I thought was, he's got this. And I got on his back. And he rock hopped us clear across this humongous river and made it to the other side. When we got to the other side, I thought, man, there's a sermon in that. There is a sermon in how if we trust God, to get us where we need to go. He knows how to do it. And sometimes he'll pick us up and carry us. And sometimes we have to do a little bit of rock hopping. But he'll get us there. But then I thought, there is a sermon in that. But right now I'm just going to focus on my husband is awesome. And I know I can trust him. Everybody clap. The sad part of that story is we were on the wrong trail. And... um. I told him I wasn't going back, so he better find me a way out. And so we forged. I mean, there was like all this stuff, and we're pushing, and we're, we're moving it out of our way. I don't care. Scratching. I don't care. I'm not going back that way. We had to go back that way. But here we are. We lived to tell the story. Um, but we can dig our heels in, <laughs> and we can stomp our feet, and we can sit down on our hind end, and we can tell the Lord, I'm not doing it. I can't do that. And we can find ourselves stuck in the middle of the river or on a snow ski mountain because I did that once with Chris and Susan. Sat down, wasn't going to do it. Had to do it. Um, so every, maybe there's a story for me in that. Every time that, pause and think on that. Um, every time that Pastor Rhonda is preaching, she talks about the best is ahead. I mean, I'm not saying she says that every time, but you know when she says, the best is ahead of you. The best is yet to come. I feel myself get excited on the inside only to get mad because I can't see it. And if you sit behind us or if you're Courtney and Christine, you'll see Tim go. And then she's like, and I'm like, stop it. Um, (laughs) True story. But um, I have to release it to God. 
because it doesn't look like what I wish that it did. And I have to release it to him and say, God, I, I really don't understand this. And I also really don't like it. I'm a whole lot of frustrated and sad. I'm a little bit discouraged and I feel broken. And I don't even know how you can turn this around. And I don't know how my best days are ahead of me. And then I have to realize I can trust him. It might not look like I thought it was going to look, but he knows what he's doing. And, and I'm, I'm in the middle of the river. I am sitting down and I am stomping my feet and I am marching through my house and I am telling him how I don't like it. But I know that he'll get me where I need to go because that's who he is. Jesus asked his disciples to cross over and they gave up their life to follow him. And sometimes that's what you have to do. You have to leave the crowd to follow him. And Joshua said, turn not from my word. Meditate day and night and you will have great success. So when we listen to his voice, a yes to God, a yes to what he wants to do in you, a yes to breakthrough, a yes to your assignment, a yes to follow him, a yes to cross over, a made up mind that says, I'm going to keep my eyes on you and where you're going. As you were with Moses, so you will be with me because that is who you are. But when we cross over, I would like to say you'll never face any more junk. I mean, we're going to the promised land, right? What could be bad over there? I'm, I'm doing all that stuff. I'm, I'm evicting. I'm, I'm reaping. It's going to be all good. Beds and roses, right? But it's not. There's going to be other things you have to face. Because in the world, they're coming. But greater is he that is in you than is in the world. You are more than a conqueror. But the spirit world recognizes you from your destiny and not your circumstances. In other words, when heaven or hell hears your name, they think about what you're supposed to be and not what you're doing. The spirit world is terrified of you stepping into that anointing because they know something big is coming. When Moses, they knew that a deliverer was going to be born and they wanted to kill all the babies because they were afraid of what was coming. When Jesus was born, Herod wanted to go out and kill all the babies because he knew a king was born. But you know what he couldn't do? He couldn't kill him. He couldn't stop him. And he'll never kill it and he'll never stop him in your life either because he is big and he is faithful and he is good and you should give him a hand clap in that because he is faithful. But there is a war. There is a war for your destiny. It's going to come. And you have to make a decision when it comes. What am I going to do right now? What am I going to do about this? See, I think. I'm a thinker. I think about, well, this, and then I think about all of this. But sometimes I have to just say, this is where I'm at right now. And this is what, where we are. And God is going to get us from here to over there. I am not certain how. But I know that God is going to do something that only he can do. Only he could do it. And that's why we have to take our hands off of it. And we have to trust him. Because what seems hopeless to us is not hopeless to God. What seems impossible to us is never impossible with God. So you got to figure out what is that thing that burns on the inside of you. And then you have to wake up every morning and say, God, I'm going to do that. I'm going to walk where you told me to walk. I'm going to do what you told me to do. This morning, I'm just going to live for you. This morning, I, I make it, I'm going to get in the Word. This morning, I'm going to turn on Maverick City Music. They're my favorite right now. In the morning, I'm going to do what you said. T tonight when I come home, I'm not going to turn on the TV. I know that I don't need to watch that show. I like it a lot, but I'm not going to watch it. That's not me. I don't watch much TV. But I know, God, what you have said for me to do. And I am going to do it. Declare it over yourself. Speak it over yourself. Tell it. Say it out loud. Tell the enemy you're not coming after me today. No, 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 no. Not today, Satan. I am going to go and do that thing that God called me to do. Joshua said, sanctify yourself. Because tomorrow God will do great and wonderful things in you. You have to come in agreement with God. Leave the past behind you. See, there is a time to stand still. And there is a time to move. And the time to move forward is now. God is calling us to move forward. God is calling us to take it to the next level. God is saying, you're going to cross over. And that's going to require an ending. Because you're going to leave one shore for another. It's a place of turning dead to life, hopelessness to purpose. It is a significant moment of deliverance. 
It was at a crossing that Elisha received a double portion. See, you have to cross over to continue forward. There's no standing still with God. You're standing still, you're going backwards. You're not going to just stand still. It's never going to happen. It's like standing on a mountain. It's like standing on a slope. You're going to, you can't stand there. You're going to go backwards. So you've got to be going forward. And it could be in the tiniest little steps, but you've got to keep pushing it forward. You've got to keep going until you become a rock hopper and hop over those rocks and you get to the other side. Or the Lord parts it and you wash on dry ground. That would have been beautiful. Um, but Jesus said to the man at the pool, it's time to get up. The man with leprosy, he said, be healed. The man through the roof, roof, he said, walk into the woman with the issue of blood. He said, your faith has made you whole. And Jesus is saying to you this morning, get up, let's go to the other side. What are you doing here? Stop staying in this land of barrenness, this place of defeat. Go to the other side of that thing that keeps coming against you. The other side of complacency. The other side of excuses. And pretty soon he's going to say, let's go to the other side of eternity. And we sure don't want to miss that voice, right? So he's saying, come up to the mountain of God. Moses went and God showed him his glory. Elijah went and he spoke to him. He heard his voice. God is speaking and God is calling. So it's time to change levels. It's time to say, I am all in with you, God. No matter what it looks like, I'm not looking back because I ain't going that way anymore. I'm going to do something new and something different. Deuteronomy says, the Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. He will be with you. He will not fail you. He will not forsake you. Do not fear and do not be dismayed. And see, I know, I know we've all faced junk. I know we've all faced disappointment. I know we all face something every day that, that there's always something that we're like, I don't, I don't know. I know there are moments when your heart has been broken. I know there are moments when you thought, is this it? Like, is this all there is? But the enemy comes to attack you on where you're going. And that's why sometimes the battle is so intense. But Jesus, he comes walking on the storm. He comes walking right there. He's coming with an answer. He's coming and he's calling you. He's telling you there is not, there is not too much for you because I am walking with you. And sometimes when you can't walk on your own, he'll pick you up and you can just get on his back or he'll pick you up and carry you to the other side because that's who he is and that's what he does and he can always always be depended on amen amen people can't always be depended on but God can so are you ready to go to the next level are you ready to stop circling that sin over and over and over again are you ready to lay down those things that maybe God has asked you to do are you ready maybe you're doing nothing bad you're like I can't think of anything bad I'm doing okay are you ready to go to the next level are you ready to take it over to the other side well I get up every morning and read my bible I mean I don't even watch that much tv and I don't I only listen to Christian music I mean like what in the world what else can I do I don't know I don't know what you need to do. I don't know what God would speak to you to do, but I know he's going to speak. I know he's speaking. I know there are things that we need to step into if we're going to further the kingdom for these last days. I know that he's speaking things, and I know that it's easy to shut those things down and not listen to them. So we have to make a decision. It's because the enemy wants to hold you back. He wants to keep everything that he's stolen from you. He doesn't want you walking in your assignment. But when you say, I'm going to go with God, you're going to walk into restoration, recompense, healing, hope. You're going to walk into so many things with God. He wants you to walk into a life that is not all about you, but that's all about him. Something that looks different. Because when he explodes and does what he wants to do, we need to be ready. We need to be armored up. And we need you to be ready to walk into that thing. So what did God say to Elijah in that still small voice? I don't know. Maybe God reminded him of who he was. Maybe God told him, I'm, uh, I'm always faithful and you can trust me. 
Maybe he told him to be strong and of good courage. Maybe he said, as I was with Moses, I am with you. Maybe he said, I hold all things in the power of my hand. Maybe he said, there is nothing you're ever going to face that I can't do. Maybe he said, I am the God who healeth you. Maybe he said, I am the God that you can depend on. Maybe he said, I am El Elyon. Maybe he said, I am Jehovah. I'll meet those needs. Maybe he said, you can count on me in the middle of every circumstance, no matter what it looks like. Maybe he said I am the Lord of hosts maybe he said I'm about to do a new thing among you that you have not seen you have not seen you can't even begin to imagine it maybe he said when you go forth from this place Elijah the things I'm going to do are going to blow your mind and that is what I think the Lord is saying to us I think the Lord is saying that he is going to do something new that if he told you you wouldn't even believe it it's so big that it will blow your mind but you have to get in line behind him. I think he's saying, I'm going to give you a new start, a fresh start, a new beginning, a new level, a beautiful, holy, sacred work that only I can do. And he's saying, you know, I knew it all along. I had it in my plan all along. So just cross over with me. Are you guys ready to cross over that place with Jesus? Are you ready to do the next thing that he's calling you to do? Are you ready to step into that place with him once and for all? Because once I got across that river, I did not want to go back. I mean, really, I was prepared to climb mountains and forge through bush, and we were doing it until he kept saying, and I just kept pushing us until he finally was like, we are going in the wrong direction. We are never going to get there from here. We have to go back. So, but I was ready to do that because I didn't want to go back there. That's where we, our mindset has to be. I don't want to go back there. I, I, don't, I, I, want to do the, I want to do what God wants me to do. I want to go where God wants me to go because there is nothing like it. There is nothing to compare to his glory. Amen. If you'll stand. The Lord loves you too much to leave you where you are. He cares too much about your destiny, your assignment. And I don't know what that is for each of you. Some of us, you know, you might work at Chick-fil-A. And that's your assignment. And you're giving Jesus out over there. Make sure that you represent him well. That's the only thing. I don't know where we all are. I don't know what your job is. I don't know who you're around every day. Represent him well. Let them know. "Mm, I can't say that in front of them. You don't even have to say it. Don't say those bad words in front of me. They just know. Can't. They walk a different walk. I better. better, I can't do that. Oh, can't drink that. Can't talk about that. Oh, can't tell that joke. That's that's where I want to be. We need to be in that place where we're representing him well so he can take us over to the glory, the sacred, the holy, that righteous living, that place where he reigns supreme, that place where we know I can do all things through him who strengthens me, that this walk is about him. It isn't even about me. It isn't about me being happy. It isn't about me just saying, oh, I'm comfortable here. I feel good here. That happens when you're in your place. But it's about Him. It's all about Him. It can be uncomfortable. When you have to say to someone, if they are doing those things, and you have to say, could you not do that around me, please? Or, I'm, I'm not going to go to that because it's uncomfortable. Represent Him well. Grow in what He has created you to be. Step into that calling that He has for you. Stop going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Stop it. Stop it. But go into that place that He's created you. Go into that place of His anointing. When you get in that place in the Holy of Holies, there's nothing like it. I go outside to our camper, and I thought, I'd love to go out there and study and pray. And I can just, it's a little thing, but I can just walk that little, that little hall, and I can talk to the Lord when, I'm, when everyone's home, and I can be by myself, and I find the holy, holiness of God. 
When they leave me at home, I walk the house and I talk to him. And I find the holiness, the holy place of God where he says, do this. Don't go that way. No, don't go that way. Go straight. Don't let, no, don't go that way. And we follow him. That's what he's saying. That's what he's calling to us. There's an anointing. There is a calling. There is an assignment that he has for this body, for these people. Because there's a whosoever wanting to come in. What are they going to find? Oh, we're not going to be like, "Mm -mm." no. But while they're following, you're going to be like, oh, well, maybe I need to do that. Oh, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do. I followed Pastor Rhonda. I probably drove her nuts. I watched everything she did. It's probably uncomfortable. I think back, I was a kid too. I mean, I, we were so young. I followed her. I watched what she did. I watched how she sat. I watched how she studied. I saw Jesus in her. I saw my destiny in her. And I followed. And I, Jesus wants us to, I was close to her. I could hear her when she came in the thing and I knew by the steps, by her, by the heels. I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew what mood she was in. I could tell by the steps. I knew I had learned her because I studied her. That's how we have to be with God. But when the whosoever's come in, they might study you. They might look at you and they're going to say, oh, that's okay. I can still do that. That's good. That's good. I can do that. Or they're going to say, wow, I want that. I wanted that. I wanted that. And so I went after it. I, I didn't want to be Pastor Rhonda, but I wanted to be the God in Pastor Rhonda. So that's where God is calling us. So what is your, what is your thing? I don't know. What does God say to you? I don't know. What is his small voice to you? I don't know. Is he calling you to cross over and not look back? Is he wanting you to come into your destiny? Is he calling you to the mountain of God because he has great and wonderful things that he wants to show you because he's got great and wonderful things for you to do? I don't know, but you do. What is that thing? What is that thing? What is that thing? What is that thing? that God calls you to do? What is that thing? To step into it and to do it and to not be afraid to do it. But to step in it because you're as anointed as your mama. It's anointed. When you sing, God falls into place. Changes the atmosphere. Anybody that ever says anything, that's what they say. That you're not even because of your voice, but because of the anointing on your voice. Step into that place and don't be afraid. I don't know, but I would ask you, you do know. What is that place? What is that place? And if you want to cross over into the altar and you want to just come up for prayer, that's great. If you want to do it right where you're at, that's great too. But if you don't know Jesus, and that is the crossing that you want to cross to. Oh, what a happy day. Whenever we cross over into the next thing of God, it's a glorious day. But that first step that I took when I was 12 and I never looked back, I was scared. I was, I, I, I was sitting there and it, it didn't matter. I couldn't have kept sitting. 
I mean, I was up and at the altar. I can, I, I sometimes can almost picture myself because I was, I was up and at the altar before I even knew it. Um, and it changed. It, that's what. That's where this started. That's where my whole journey started. So, if that's where you're at, then I would love to pray for you. Um, but Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, that you know how to speak to us. You know exactly what we need to hear and how we need to hear it. And that's how you speak. So I pray, God, that you would speak to your people this morning. We're going to walk into a new level. There's a new place of anointing. There's a different season coming. And God, you have ordained it from the beginning of time. And so, Father, I pray, God, that we would all find you in that place and that we would walk into that place that you have for us and we would not hold anything back from you. I pray, God, that in the week to come, the days to come, Father, that you would speak, speak mysteries that you only speak to the hearts of your people, that we will never be the same again. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Just keep standing. Um, if every eye could be closed, every head bowed just for a second. If you're here this morning and you have wandered away from Jesus Christ as your Savior, I'm not going to call you up, but I'd like to give you the opportunity to come home to him. If you're just away from him with no one looking but me, would you lift your hand if you would like to come back to him? God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. And God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. The Lord sees your hand, and he loves you, and he paused this service this morning for that reason, so you could come back to Christ. If everyone in the room would just repeat after me, and you that raised your hand, repeat as well. The Bible is very clear. With our mouth, we make confession. With our heart, we believe. There's only one way to God, and it is Jesus. So would everyone pray with me? Dear Jesus, I'm coming back to you today. This is the day I confess you as Lord and Savior. My past is behind me. My future in you is before me. Today is the first day of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise for those that prayed that salvation prayer? Come on, give him the best praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor Barb just set it up. And I want to do that. So while you're standing, such an awesome word. Locate yourself in this word today. Find a place. What is my assignment? What, what, what do I do? Ask the Lord. He will tell you. He will tell you.